flows and then it turns into the world famous Friday flow. People from Australia, people from the UK listening to it. And now it's on Billboard number one in the mountain region, at least. And then number 40 on the best selling R&B and hip hop charts. And to see myself there is like, wow, I'm speechless. Welcome to the 16th episode of On The Grid, a podcast dedicated to the Valley of the Sun. This podcast is a place where you can come to meet the creators and newsmakers taking this metropolis to the next level. A place where you can learn about what's really happening in Phoenix. My name is Philip Haldeman, and I'll be your host. Today we have a rapper in the house on this episode of On The Grid. And like all great hip-hop artists, he has his crew in the room. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first time we've had an entourage in the studio with us. And this is the youngest guest we've ever had on the show. He's all around, multifaceted, and his name is Ali Tomanik. He's here with us today, and at the young age of 20 years old, Ali's newest album, Friday Flow, peaked at number one on the Billboard Heat Seeker Mountain chart last month. A true child of the new millennium, he's a guru on social media and has thousands and thousands of hits on YouTube. And he's currently working on his next album, expected to be released in the fall. Ali, Thanks for being here today. Hey, thank you for having me, man. I'm cool. excited. Uh, so you made two Billboard charts. Yes. That's yes, awesome. Indeed. We will talk about that. But first, you are a Valley guy. You grew up here. Yeah. yeah. Where did you grow up and what was it like? Was I grew it a good up, childhood? It was a good childhood. Yeah. I grew up in, in Peoria. I went to Peoria Elementary and um, I, I've always been in that area. I went to Peoria High School. So that's my stomping grounds. and. It's weird because I used to live in Surprise, so... Before that? Or when you were Well, young? at that time. So I grew up in Peoria, okay. like going to school there, but I lived in Surprise, so it was always like a drive to school every single day. So I would only see my friends at school, and then when I was at home, it's kind of like... You were a loner? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm at home, and just right. in my room. So that's kind of how I got into music, just being alone all the time. Just like, you know what, let me find something to do. Surprise is kind of... It's grown a lot, obviously. Yeah, I mean, Peoria is kind of Peoria is definitely growing. It's a it's a very it's a growing city. Mm. Surprises well. Uh, do you see a lot of change and since you're a kid? Yeah, from which from Peoria or surprise? Either or, or yeah. Well, yeah, both, both actually. Surprise mostly because it was um, even smaller. It was yeah. there was nothing there. The house that we that I used to live in was uh, built. That we built that house there. Well, really? we didn't build it, but it was built there for us we were the first people to live in that house right. and then now you see you know movie theaters bowling alleys all this stuff everywhere so it's just man it's just the city's grown in peoria too you know they're changing uh the whole p86 area or, um, p83 the, yeah, 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 yeah 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 so it's all right. it's all just growing man I'm, so it's cool to see you know the change of the city yeah and it's continue it will continue to do that for sure yeah. um you started rapping when you were 13 13 years well, old so did it start as a writing thing or was it a spoken word thing or how did that come about? I guess when I, it was kind of probably when I was around 12, but I think my first video is when I really kind of knew, okay, all right, now I'm rapping. So you so. actually did a, a video when you were like 13? Yeah. My first video ever, I was 13 years old. I, that's the one that I uploaded to YouTube and that's kind of like the start of everything. And that was your first video on YouTube, first, obviously. First video ever on YouTube, on the internet, actually. Yeah. On the internet. Yeah. yeah so... I was like, it was my eighth grade year. My friends at school were just, you know, like, 
oh, Ali, you should rap. And I'm like, okay, why not? Let me do something funny and just come back. And I showed my friends first, and they all thought it was hilarious. And then uh, I posted it on Facebook just to show my friends. And I was like, you know what? Let me just put it on YouTube. And then, you know, it got 100 views. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, cool, 1,000 views, 10,000 views. And I'm like, well, hold on, wait a minute. Uh, what's happened? Let me upload another one, and then it's like twenty thousand, thirty thousand. It just keeps. So climbing. it happened pretty quickly. Would you say Man, the response? I, the time gauge, I couldn't even tell you because I was so young. But I think it, within the first like six months, it was like picking up a lot of speed, and I, I didn't know. I, I couldn't understand. I couldn't fathom just like these numbers and how many people were actually watching. So I was, was it just? So did you did you even have to really market it that much, or was it kind of like you just put it on Facebook and maybe tweeted it, and then people started following? I kind of just gave it face value. The name of the video was "13 Year Old Black Kid Raps Fast," and that was it. <laughs> and so people, you know, they were like, well, "Okay, let me see this black kid rap fast," and then boom, there it was. And people left comments, "Oh, this is crazy!" But you know, you had polarizing comments. People were like, "Oh man, you're the best thing ever!" Oh, da da da, kill yourself, you suck, da da da. So at a young age, I kind of tried not to delve into right. the comments or nothing because don't listen to the comments. Yeah, I mean. Take them with a grain of salt, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. It was just a lot. So, <laughs> well, what was what like? Do you remember like like a, one or two things from from the rap, the song that you? Was what were the about? words? A few of them, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, how did it go? First off, I don't even need a beat. It wasn't invited. Like, I don't even see a seat. Well, that's because you're not popular. Do you even know him? You don't even talk to her. Well, does that just determine my class? Is this a pass in the earning of pass? I guess so. Wow, I'm learning this fast. But all I really know is that I'm yearning for passive <laughs> credibility. Something like that. I forgot. So was that some... How much of that was improvised? And how, how much is it not improvised? Well, like, did you rehearse? I mean, did yeah. you... Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think, I think the video that I uploaded was probably like the fifth take of me okay. actually trying to do it. But... And did you write that stuff yeah, down? Yeah, I wrote okay. that one down. Right, I wrote right. all of that down because I wasn't really, I was at the, at that time, I wasn't really a rapper. I was just kind of putting messing words around. together. Yeah, messing around, putting words together and like, okay, that's cool to say, you know, and just talk about whatever came to my mind. So, huh. And so you got a pretty decent response from that then, huh? Yeah, it was crazy. Hmm. So you were rapping and did you have any influences looking back in terms of rap? Um... I think it was hip hop or anything like that. It was really different for me because I, when I started off rapping, I wasn't really like heavily influenced by hip hop because I would play, I would play like Guitar Hero, rock band stuff like that. So I was like a kind of a rocker kid. But then you know, learning about hip hop and actually getting into it, you know, I, I learned about the birth of hip hop in New York and like Africa Bambata and and Cool Herc and you know people that really paved the way for you know rappers like me today that I can look up to Tupac Biggie um but I think one of the people very early in my career that I I would start listening to would be like Childish Gambino and and like um even Super Duper Kyle I remember finding him at like a a really young age probably like 14 15 but those are just some people that I I ran across and I guess kind of influenced the way that I I, you know made my sound do you feel like you are consistently being uh, discovering new things always because i feel like when i listen like listening to music for me like i feel like there's so much out there that i like i, I could always be inundated by yeah a various amounts of different types of music you yeah know? what's one of your favorite songs list um, songs yeah. um like i am i'm kind of i'm more rock and roll type like right. okay so i'm going to a concert i'm going to see jason isbell at the uh the Van Buren, yes. So anyway, okay. that's opening up soon, you know. And Jason Isbell, I'm like, he's country, basically. He's like country rock, rockabilly a little bit, you right. know. And so 
he had been around for for a little while before I even discovered him, and that's what I think. Like, I mean, these are you could probably you know you will probably discover old hip hop artists that mm. were around years ago in the future because yeah. there's so many you know so artists much, out there. You so know, so much music, yeah. and I love learning too. I love to find something that's old that's new to me. You know what I mean? So, exactly, and then I can yeah. take something, not even steal from them, but you know, always be influenced because there's no, no nobody can create something without being influenced right. by something around them. So, you know, take uh, influence from them and then add it to my own style. And I learned how to sample. I I try not to because I like to make everything super original. I produce like all of my beats. Any beat that you've heard me on any song is all I did it with my two hands. So. I feel like that's kind of that's really awesome because like you've got, I don't know, you have somebody like. Um, like Puff Daddy, who like will basically sometimes take a whole like just song and like add a riff to it, yeah. like, call it his kind of, you know yeah. what I mean? And and so I like the fact that that you're trying to stay as original as possible. Yes, you thank know? you, thank yeah. you for that though. Yeah. yeah. So then, where do you um, like where do you find your samples, riffs, where whatever? Is that something you create or do you also find them? Well, let me see. Nah, I kind of if if we think about it like. Let me put it this way. I'm a framer. I, I tell I tell everybody I'm not a rapper. I'm a framer. And what that means is that, think of a construction worker. They build a house from the ground up. There's just dirt and then, boom, there's a house. So I, I take music the same way. There's nothing. And then I go and I'll play something on my keyboard. And then I'll throw the drums in and then the bass line. And so the music comes sit. first then usually? Yeah, the music always comes first. I can't, okay. I cannot write lyrics unless I have music. Interesting. Because okay. I think that's the theme. That's the running you know, part of of the song. Like, that's the whole reason, because no music, you just got words. So I need the music first before I can write anything. Interesting, yeah. cool. Some people do it differently, no, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's just my yeah. way. So uh, the big thing that mo most people are, might know you by is Friday Flow. Yeah. So you, Friday Flow came out of Peoria High School, basically. Yep. Um, so tell people a little bit about what that is. Well, first of all, Friday Flow is an album that, you released a collection of songs that you created basically while you were in high school? Basically, around then, and then more or less while I was in high school. But Okay, and that Friday Flow is, is, the, is the album that charted on Billboard. That's the album that charted on so Billboard. So first of all, where did that come from? Like, where did Friday Flow come from? So first, before it was the world-famous Friday Flow, it was just... Um, before all of that, actually, it was Monday Rap Madness okay. at Peoria High School. And uh, every Monday... I was in my um, media tech class, and that's the class where you can actually be on the announcements, on the TV in front of everybody, and then everybody at the school sees you. And so uh, I get on the announcements, and I'm rapping just on Mondays just because I thought it was cool. Called it Monday Rap Man. It's cool. Boom. And then... And this was part of the class. This was part of the class. Yeah, it was a part of the in. class. Okay. Yeah. And then... Um, and you start off on Mondays. Is that kind of what it is? Like yeah, kind of. It, early in the morning when the announcements comes on when everybody um when but you're the just, new kid in town so to speak you're like the new kid yeah. in the class the freshman or whatever yeah and so so what was like one of the first things that you were doing for monday mornings um the first well the first thing that was that was it it was just the uh uh monday rap madness that was my segment i guess you would okay. he, he gotcha. my um media teacher mr Serwa, he wanted something new on the announcement so you know they would have like the joke of the day they would have like uh countdown of the day and so countdown this many days until christmas or this many days until the principal's birthday or whatever it was <laughs> so um he was like let's add something new let's do a new segment and i was like 
well, you know, I've been kind of uh, rapping a little. Let me let me just do like Monday Rap Madness. And then, you know, over time, it eventually evolved into the Friday flow because that's just a lot easier to say and kind of like has the ring to it. And by my senior year, you know, everybody, every Friday, they would wait. They would be excited for, you know, the Friday flow to come. And then, you know, I would take it to Twitter and then put it on YouTube for my fans outside of school to see. And then, you know time goes and then it turns into the world famous Friday flow people from Australia people from the UK listening to it and now it's on billboard number one in the mountain region at least and then number 40 on the best-selling R&B and hip-hop charts like right between J. Cole and Travis Scott and to see myself there is like wow I'm speechless like it's crazy to see the progression and it's all the fans too honestly I I just make the music and they kind of go crazy over it so Hits number one. Hits number one. Gets on the it's it's on the chart. I mean, you're getting comments from like you said, Australia, mm. all over the world. You yeah. know, are you? Do you start to get random calls? I mean, aside from just comments on social media, like phone calls or anything that like or messages or uh, anything like that. I think after the Friday when the Friday flow hit Billboard, I think it was it might have been before or at, at the same time when it was like the album Take is it. out now and and everybody's kind of going crazy about it. I got a, a message on Twitter from Michael Damien. Okay, and he's he's a yes. director, and I didn't I didn't really think too much of it because I didn't I wasn't familiar. I didn't know anything, and so I'm like, what is this? He's like, hey, have you ever done any acting before? I was like, well, well, yeah, you know, I've been in a couple of plays in high school and, you know, I've acted on my YouTube channel. And he's like, oh, well, I got this awesome part in a movie for you. And I'm like, what? Movie roles now? So I got Michael Damien. He's the director of High Strung and um, he's making a sequel, High Strung 2, him and Janine Damien, they're, his wife, they're uh, wow. amazing directors. And so, you know, they casted me to be in a movie and we're going to film in Romania and all this crazy wow. stuff. And, and it all started, you know, with an idea. Just because he pretty much saw... A video on YouTube. Right. And then right. hit me on Twitter and then, you know, kind of just took off from there. And so Michael Damien, that name may sound familiar because, um, and I believe the 80, or like 80s, um, he put out a really popular song called Rock On. It. Yeah. So he's a musical artist, but he was also on The Young and the Restless for years and years and years. Yeah, yes, and indeed. I think he, I looked recently, he, he was on the show not too long ago again. Oh, was he? I don't know. You I know didn't... you know how uh, um, soap operas are. They can bring back a character yeah. after he died and stuff like that. So <laughs> so um, cool. here's a guy that like that like some people might not recognize initially. I didn't even know he was a was a filmmaker until right. I met you, you know. But he's been making films for a while now too, you know. He's working, yeah. And so um, so you are going to Romania to shoot this film pretty soon i guess yeah this summer we're supposed to take off this summer and cool. start filming and then the movie um is supposed to be releasing worldwide next summer so oh, wow. knowing that i can see my face in the theaters like wow that's, that's crazy. crazy yeah that's crazy that'll be a weird experience because with film you never know like you'll shoot the film and then it will come out a year later you you'll completely forgot about the film yeah kind of sort of and yeah. you'll be like what the heck this was like so long ago you know yeah but it's new to everybody else right yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> So, uh, do you remember, like, how much have they told you about your role and who you'll be playing? And I imagine you'll be doing uh, some sort of musical number or rap yeah, or something like that. That's the reason. I guess that's what hooked him. Because right. he, I guess he might have been on, on YouTube looking for fast rappers or something. I don't know exactly how he came across right. my video, but, you know, he saw my video. He was like, I saw your one take video, which was one of the Friday flows off of the album. I saw the one take video. I was blown away. This is amazing. Um, called me Skype audition and then just talked, chopped it up with him. And,. It was really cool, but all I know right now is that I will be doing a musical number. I'll probably be uh, rapping like crazy fast. And um, because explain the premise of the movie because it's it's kind the, of 
it's it's kind of reminiscent. Musical, I guess. Yeah, it's a musical. Yeah. It's kind of reminiscent to the first High Strung, where you know you have all of these talented people, dancers, you know, musicians, and they they're coming together. It's just very dramatic, and and at the end, it's like very inspirational to show um, anybody else, it, all the young kids out there that are talented and active in you know music or arts or whatever that it's possible to you know achieve these great goals. So I think. In the second movie, I honestly don't know too much about it, which is cool. I'm excited to, you know, go in with a clean plate. But uh, I know that I, my name will be Alex in the movie, and I'll be washing dishes at a deli. And then, you know, I, I'm trying to make my way into, like, the music industry. But I don't know how. And then, you know, I'm, like, rapping <laughs> crazy fast. Like, how do you rap so fast? Oh, I got a lot to say. So. Well, the dishwasher is the bottom rung of the uh, r- restaurant industry. Yeah. So... No place to go but up, probably. You it's know, like the underdog role. Right, you know exactly, I mean? so yes. I'm ready to take it over and, you know, do what I do. <laughs> cool. Uh, and so what sort of um, acting experience do you have? I mean, have you this, – is this your first experience in a film role? Or not in a, a film, but any acting? Or? Oh, well, I've acted before. In a film role, yes, this would be my first ever role, which I'm super excited about. But acting-wise, in high school, I would do – I was in theater. And that – that's kind of where the the rapping art side came from. Was like in theater, music video type thing, music right? video type thing, and, and being on stage musicals. I was in um, the Music Man. I was the lead character Harold Hill in the Music Man, and cool. um, I think we sold out like three shows uh, during that time. And everybody's like, "Oh, Ali did so good." So that was that was a cool experience. And then I was also in a couple of other plays. I was in Arsenic and Old Lace. I was like a a police officer. I was in Creep. That was one of my independent films. I made um, short films for YouTube and my fans like that. It was like a zombie Halloween type of short film. And of course, I was a lead character in that because it was my YouTube. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've done that. And, Is that something yeah. you, I mean, obviously, it's, this sounds like something that you could continue to do more in the future. Yeah, I think I think we're going to continue just that as a tradition maybe like a creep two creep three and oh, just cool. like keep it growing and, and it's like a musical too you know i'll make a song during the halloween time about you know whatever it is and then just tie it into like a short film so <laughs> that, those are just a uh, couple of things i've acted in and stuff and then skits like side things so i've always been kind of like uh a different person like always putting myself in in different characters and doing learning new stuff all the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of which, you, I mean, you've, you did your first music video at, um, like age 13, so, yeah. and you were editing and doing all of that. How do you see your editing music film production, like abilities and how have they improved since you were, oh, man. I can imagine, but yeah. It's just crazy. Like my first, I think my first video, I don't think it was a music video that I started making. I would, I would use like garage band and I would take clips of me just like fighting the air you know what i mean just like punching nothing and then i would put sound effects over it so you know i would hear like a like a punching sound and i thought oh man that's so cool i wish like you know i could have other clips and and put everything together so going from there to actually being able to create like full-fledged like music videos with other people and, and all these effects and music it's just so it's such a step up. Thirteen-year-old Ali would would be blown away right now. Just are you? Like, uh, do you learn just by trying, or are 
do other other influences maybe in that spectrum too uh trial and error and google and youtube you know i think a a lot of people underestimate the power of like the internet do you mean just about learning certain aspects of filmmaking and applying it that's it tutorials or worship or like whatever Yeah. yeah if you have if you have the right question you will find the answer like if you go into google i think a lot of people don't ask google enough questions you know what i mean like you can go on to google and ask any question you could type any sentence and you'll find something on it so if i'm confused about something like oh man how do you edit this zoom transition or whatever i'll look it up on google and i'll find out i'll be like all right cool do you you remember the first question you ever asked google i know i don't (laughs) first question i asked google i don't know no no i know it's like (laughs) but like you said but it also takes the right like the right question right yeah i'm saying because sometimes you might ask something and you yourself aren't quite sure, like, I mean, you're not, it won't give you the answer you want Right, yeah. you know? You don't know how to articulate it right to where you're like, okay, exactly. this is what I'm looking for, but I don't know how to say it. Exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah. yeah. But I'm learning, I'm still learning always, and I love that. that nice. I, I still have time to learn more. Always do, always do. Yeah. And you've got, uh, Friday Flow was not your first album, right? No, Friday okay. Flow is my third album. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what were your first two? My first two albums. This is minus like mixtapes, and uh, which is funny because a lot of people don't know the difference between an album and a mixtape. I myself am starting to not understand, you know, whatever. But um, my first ever album that I released was called February thirty first, and that's where the the entire three one thirty one squad that I'm always talking about. That's where um, everything stems from. So I released that when I was sixteen in high school on. Um, November 12th, 2013. So 11, 12, 13. And that was, that was my, listening back to it, I'm still kind of, I don't understand how I created it. It was just kind of like, I I zone out when I make music and then boom, I have this entire song and entire album. Like, oh man, how did I do that? But do you see it as rough comparatively? Um, yeah, but at the same time, I, there's some songs on there that I'm like, wow, this this is really good for my age, for being 16. This is produced all by me, mixed and everything. Like, there's obviously things that I could have done better that I can point out, but for the most part, I'm like, that's a solid album for the age that I was at, you know? And then after after the uh, Friday Flow, I mean, after uh, February 31st, I released um, I Ain't Sorry. That was my second album, which started off as a mixtape. Like I said, I still am like confused on how mixtapes. Yeah, and I'm albums not really work. sure. Well, mixtapes. We had mixtapes when I was younger. Right. You know, um, it was basically an, a playlist, but a mixtape. Yeah. You know, you had to flip it over. You had to press start. Like you had to. Yeah. But then MP3s came along, yeah. and we could just put everything on a CD. Basically, everything. Yeah. You know? So uh, I think I think what happened is like when I started mixtapes were just like you said a playlist it was just a bunch of different music you put it together and it's a mix and it's kind of rough too yeah it's rough it's a mixtape and then an album would be like conceptual you would have a uh, underlying theme okay. throughout the entire thing and it's like an idea that follows okay. through the entire album but now it's kind of like albums can be mixtapes mix do you see Friday Flow album. as an album or as a mixtape I think Friday Flow is an album of Friday Flows so okay that's fair I, and what's <laughs> what is weird is that friday flows are not songs like there's a difference between a song and then a friday flow and then like uh a freestyle or something i think a friday flow has its own type of feel because on every sign i'll say it's the hash tag friday flow okay. but in it it's like a it's something different i, don't, I can't i really hmm. can't explain it but i can feel the difference when it comes out but i, I see it as as a 
an album of Friday Flows. And so, but you do consider Friday Flow your third album? It is, yeah, I, I consider okay. it my third album. It would be, I think, my fifth or sixth project. Okay. Because I've had like other side projects, like, okay, put this up. I've had like The Light and then um, uh, like February 30th, before February 31st. And then some other February 30th volume two, where I like took uh, a time traveling trip back in time to the beginning of hip hop. And I went all the way through every major hip hop art. It was crazy. It was like 50 tracks on it and we uploaded it to the internet, but somehow I got hacked and it like really was taken down. So talk a little bit about that too, because you, um, you've been on YouTube since you were 13. Since I was 13. And, um, your account got hacked a couple years ago or something? Uh, last year. Okay. Around... It was last summer, actually. <laughs> so you're like, bro, I think somebody, I think something happened to my account. My dad texted me and said he can't find my account. Yeah. So what happened? What happened? Uh, that's my my uh, DJ Red Vago. Can, can he come over here? Can he? Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah come on, come help me tell this story because you you remember it. This is the man with the wax right here. This is the man who does all the ones and twos at my live shows. I'll be doing it. Tell him who you introduce yourself. How's it going, y'all? My name's Alex, but I go by Red because my hair. DJ Red. (laughs) DJ Red. Very Red guy. (laughs) But uh, this was was last summer, um, right before I released my second album, I Ain't Sorry. And we were doing interviews to promote the album. And then I told Red, I was like, uh, I just got a call from my dad. Hey, Ali, um, I'm on I'm on YouTube. I can't find any of your videos. And I told Red, I was like, I guess he can't find any of my videos. But, you know, I think it's because my dad's just like technologically, you know, older people, they don't know how to work things. So he always said, oh, somebody hacked us. And I was like, nobody hacked us. No. And then I told him to go on and then we'll have it. Yeah, there was nothing. Like I talked to Ali Tamanique on YouTube and couldn't find nothing no content anything like that he had over like 13 million views total and then everything was just wiped out he still had his subscribers but unfortunately lost his views yeah. so you had 13 million views oh well since since you were 13 basically. yeah since i was 13 and well didn't was, that that would kind of devastate me in a way like i felt because it's like there's all your proof you know what i mean kind yeah. of yeah it was like it was gone but I, I i saw it as like a blessing in disguise at the same time because I felt like it was supposed to happen at that time since I was releasing my second album. And I was like, well, maybe this is like a restart. Maybe this is... I was mad at the time. Yeah. I I was like, oh, man. But I thought of it as like, okay, this was supposed to happen. This was supposed to take it away so that the new Ali can kind of like emerge and, and be born, I guess. Fresh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So I looked at it as, as a blessing in disguise and something that I could rebuild from. Okay. No, that's a positive way to look at it, yeah. seriously. So just so everybody knows, we've got Ali's kind of entourage sitting out yeah. here at the recording studio. Uh, so since you guys um, you guys work together, yeah. um, you guys have a new album coming out, right? Yeah. Well, he DJs the live shows. Like I, okay. I still yeah. will produce all the yeah, beats exactly. and stuff. A lot of people always get me confused. They're like, oh, Red, you make all these beats? I'm like, nah, man, this is the mastermind <laughs> behind it all. But hey, he still kills it, though. So when we're, you know, we vibe with each other on stage during the live show. So he'll... You know, he'll be on stage mixing behind me, working the visuals and everything. So okay, it's, cool. it's a cool show, yeah. man. Well, since we're talking about that, when's the... Do you guys have any shows set up for, like, the public to come out and see you at this point yet? Right or? now, I'm, we're all focused on I Ain't Sorry 2, the next okay. album coming. Well, then so. let's talk about that. I Ain't Sorry 2 is going to be your fourth album, right? Uh, well, one, two, three, four. Yeah, four. Okay. So yeah. Uh, you do everything, basically. You know, edit, produce, all the everything. Yep. So... Yeah. 
how knee deep are you in this right now? Uh, in terms I'll, of recording and whatnot, like how, reco- how much how how much are you through it? When are you gonna drop the album? That sort of thing. Uh, I know it's coming in October. I don't want to give a specific date yet because I want to make sure that I have you know everything set. But I know for a fact it will be in October. But as of right now, I'm like like thirty one percent. Thirty one percent. Okay. Like inside of it, which is is there any <laughs> is there any sort of like theme i mean obviously it's called i ain't sorry so yeah. there, there's something to be said there but like is there anything special or interesting or unique about this album that separates them from the rest well the reason uh, yeah there's there's a lot that's different but the reason that it's i ain't sorry is not because i'm trying to be you know oh i'm this dope person i ain't sorry for you da, 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 but it's it's really something for somebody else to feel you know i ain't sorry for being myself i used to be you know chastised and demeaned for you know, having a dream and wanting to be something better. And uh, a lot of people around me would, would put me down for, you know, oh, like the comments, they would be like, oh, you suck, blah, 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 do this to yourself. And um, it, w- it would get to me. And then I realized, man, like, you just have to be yourself. And mm. that's 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 what the whole 31, 31 squad is, is just being yourself, being the best, best version of yourself every single day. And so I put that into an album title, I Ain't Sorry. Simple. I ain't sorry, and I don't. And I, the person listening, I want them to feel the exact same way, and not be sorry for being themselves. Right. You're not apologizing for yourself. Unapologetic. No right. apologies for it. And right. so the second album, uh, the first album was really pushing that that type of feel. Just like, um, what do I say? Unfree your mind. Uh, yo, I noticed something. A lot of people stressing, but they keep it under the cover, trying to run, trying to hide. Now I start to wonder. How to lose the pressure? How to try to stay above it? It's time for fun. Time to fly. So it's like that carefree type of just let go of the the worries of, of depression, you and know, depression and and what other people have to say and their opinions, and just be yourself. Mm-hmm. And so the second album is gonna really delve into who I am as a person and why, you know, I decided to be myself and then kind of like my story behind. Oh, Ali can rap. You know, great, you can rap, but who is Ali? You cool. Know? So that's that's kind of want to get into. It. Right on. I mean, that's keep, sounds like that's keeping pretty damn that's busy. Gonna be, that's going to be the main right. thing. Because there will be right. videos and then, you know, um, the album itself and then posters and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a campaign right now for um, Patreon. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Patreon. Patreon is, is a, a website for creators. So basically to get paid through. But my, my main thing is not just to get paid from it. It's to really offer something to the people who are watching and, and supporting, they want, you know, all of this exclusive stuff. They want behind the scenes. They want to see, you know, how things are made. They want like posters. They want to see the artwork first. I haven't put the artwork anywhere. And um, so I want to give them that opportunity to really get a step into the album before it's created. And so on Patreon, you can do, you know, um, what is it? You can post things specifically for, for the people who are supporting you and then reward them accordingly so if somebody pays you know like a dollar then they get access to exclusive videos if they pay like two dollars then they get access to the squad only instagram so they can see you know everything i post and update them through there and then if so they, then it's more than just a kickstarter starter type yeah thing it's like something. kickstarter but but more more kind of. yeah 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 so it's it's really like you get to see the lifestyle behind it you know you'll get to see red you know on stage or something when we're behind the scenes on before the show and things like that and we'll cover that and, and give it to the people who really want to access it and my thing is that it's, it's optional if you if you're a person that's like well okay i can't afford to you know pay this well it's fine i'll still be posting i'm just going to give more over here and, and give you the real 
you know, nitty gritty stuff. VIP stuff. It. VIP right. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I was asked. I was asked this question, and it'll be interesting to hear this from you um, because you grew up here, mm-hmm. spent your whole life here, Phoenix, the Valley, Peoria, West Valley, the whole thing. I mean, I grew up in the West Valley, and I've seen that place. I, I, it's went from farmland to urban land. You yeah. know, seemingly overnight. It seems like. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on, like, what do you want from the Valley? the Phoenix metropolitan area. What do you want from that 10 years from now? What does it look like? What what do you see Phoenix as being mm. 10, 15, even 20 years ago? And this can relate to hip-hop. It can relate to whatever you want. I'm just curious. I think just, maybe not even just hip-hop. I think in, in the art scene, though, as a whole, I believe that Arizona can turn into like a, an L.A., a Los Angeles, or a New York, or a Chicago, because those are the places where art is really looked at as okay that's the place you got to go oh hey i gotta go to la in order or i gotta go to hollywood in order to make it no there's so much talent in arizona you know you read he can this man has been djing for more than half of a year what is well no i've probably been i've been djing like seriously since last year october because that's when we had a show like i I, like had the board and stuff but we didn't have anything set up and i wasn't really serious about it and then he was like, would you want to be my DJ? And I was like, well, yeah, I want to be your DJ. You know what I mean? So I had to really kick it into gear. So I started about like last October. We had our first show at the press room in downtown Phoenix. And that's a pretty big venue for a first show. Huge. And then our second show was actually at the uh, Livewire. So that was pretty big time too. Yeah. But uh, So you kind of learned on your own as well type yeah, thing? Yeah, basically. All uh, in a short yeah, amount of time. Yeah, it was like, wow. Like I, I really never thought I could be a DJ. And then I kind of just, you know, got my feet wet. And then, you know, we, we um, did a lot of... We practiced a lot, you know, in this backyard every single day, you know, just for hours. So just seeing that, like, it's like the time just from last October, the time or from then to now you can see like there's so much progression. He runs the visuals. He runs just the entire show. He basically is the show. He has it set in his mind and I just, you know, kind of know the words. So I'll rap the words. Kind of just cue off each other. Yeah. He has it queued up and we queue up. We just vibe off of each other. And so there's so much talent in Arizona just based off of the time frame that you have. And the city's really building. I feel like there's a lot coming out of Arizona. You know, it's just kind of underrated still because people are looking at those certain cities. Yeah. Right. And exactly. so they're going to start looking. And like you said, in the next 10 years, they're going to start looking at Arizona like, hey, I need to go to Arizona to make yeah. it. So, right. Yeah. Which no, sounds, yeah. It's, it doesn't sound like it's possible now, but I always believe it. You know, no, every, I totally everything believe it. Everything is yeah. possible. Keep the talent here, even though it is 120 degrees out. You oh, know what I mean? It's hot. It's hot. But. <laughs> Way too hot. So one thing um, I wanted to touch on a little bit was um, you give back to the community. Yes. So tell a little bit of that. Um, a little bit about that. Um, I, I started to do motivational performances, I would say, and the whole movement I, I, is called "Make a Teacher Smile." And this is re- kind of a program that you started, or uh, yeah. Okay. Because uh, I've never seen something like this before, which gave me the idea to like you know, kind of start doing it. Um, Make a teacher smile basically is, I believe teachers and and nurses are the most important, like they have the most important jobs, but teachers especially because they're, they're forming the minds of the youth, you know, they're raising the next generation to do whatever it is, become doctors, lawyers, you know, maybe the president of the United States. And, and um, so I believe that they, and they're very underpaid, they should make like a million dollars a year, but uh, I give back in a way to where I'll go to the school and, 
you know, I'll ask the kids who their favorite teacher is, why? And they'll, they'll be like, oh, Mr. So-and-so from this class. And because they, you know, he really teaches us, you know, we really can learn from him. He's a friend. We can look up to him. And so I'll give him like a $50 gift card to Olive Garden just to be like, hey, take a break, go do something cool. And at the same time, when I'm at the school, I'll do a motivational performance talking to the students and, and performing my hip hop, which I don't have any profanity in, which is one of the reasons why they let me um, come into the school, because they appreciate that, you know, the principals appreciate that. And so I'll talk to the students just about how it's really possible to do anything. You know, it's so possible. You just have to have the mindset. You just have to know and just look with a different perspective, look at life with a different perspective and, and just to be themselves. And I, I do all of that within, you know, like a 45 minute um, time frame. And then at the end, I'll take pictures, sign autographs and everything. And they seem to love it. You know, I get a good response from that. So well, some of these schools that you do are also um, pretty low income schools. Yeah. So, um, that message resonates even more for yeah. a kid that doesn't have a whole lot, I imagine. You know? Yeah. And so they see, you know, somebody that is from the area too, which is a lot cooler. You know, I'm from Arizona. I can, I'm kind of still young. I'm still a young boy. I'm only 20 now, but uh, I, I'm from the area. They can look at me as a, as a source of like, okay, he, he's been here. He knows exactly the position that we're in. You know, he used to sit here a couple of years ago watching somebody else, you know, give whatever speech and stuff. And so um, they see that and they, it's relatable. And so I tell them, you know, I was just sitting there. And now I'm doing this. Now I'm going to all these schools. I've been to uh, Peoria High School, of course. That's my my school. Um, Valley Vista, Sunrise Mountain High School, um, Ironwood, uh, Kellis. I, I forget because there's been so Liberty many schools. So. Sunrise Mountain and all those. Really yeah. yeah. I, look, there's a bunch. Of it's <laughs> a big. It's a big district. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I don't just do high schools. I'll do elementary schools too. Right. So right. Right. You know, just around around the valley, and the goal is to take that around the whole entire United States. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Hey, that's awesome. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. This is a great experience, man. Thank you. Everybody seems to bag on millennials, but across modern times, and probably even ancient times, Every older generation has bagged on the younger generation. Damn beatniks, crazy hippies, lazy generation Xers, cut your hair, take a shower, get a job. You know, this is one of those things I wish people would learn. History repeats itself if you let it. So you can allow yourself to bitch about that which you can't control, or you can accept the tide. Ollie and his contemporaries? They are the new blood. They are the ones who will change the future. Ollie may have an entourage, but he's kind of a one-man crew in terms of his art. He writes, composes, and produces his music, not to mention creates his own album art. He directs, edits, and produces all his music videos. Take it from something said long ago. Your sons and daughters are beyond your command, so get out of the way if you can't lend a hand. Out of control. Yeah. Out of control. <laughs> On the Grid is produced by Chris Ayers. Intro music was performed by local band Factories. They can be reached at factoriesmusic.com. And by the way, sticking with our theme of local, we feature local musical artists on each episode of our podcast. And so appropriately for this episode, we will feature a track from Ali. 
Keep an eye out for his next album, expected to be released sometime in October. And thank you guys so much for listening to our 16th episode of On The Grid. And it's the hashtag Friday Flow. Nobody's safe anymore. They know who it is, so get up out the way when I walk. I'm making moves, pulling strings, and they think they could jock. They should just stop breaking their arm, trying to play my guitar. Might hit a mate with a call and then make my way to New York. Like, let's take over the world. I think that's what they really want. You smell what I'm cooking? They know I've been filleting them all. The people's champ. No wonder that's why they say that I rock. I'm state of the art, ready to race, stay on my mark. Y'all staying in park, so really, I ain't racing at all. I'm MJ with the ball if they try to play on my court. I'm breaking ankles, they dropping, that's why they hating, of course. <laughs> I don't pay attention to them, and that's getting to them. I just find my zone and get into it. I don't listen to them. See, dude, I don't need to. I think huge. They blinded and small-minded. Why would I explain my vision to them? Understand, there's more to life than just defeating haters. They feed off the beef, but I'm living just like a vegan plate is. And still I'm about to be feasting like I ain't eating ages. Let me lead the way. I'm steady reaching greatness. Look, they rocking chains, and they wonder why I don't. Because I don't need to flex like Arnold. My confidence full throttle. I rock it, and it give me power. Guess I'm just like Otto. The money and all the respect gon' follow your father. I stay on my lane and I gain all three So it's evident why they hate on me But they should be grateful, I'm making waves And they taking them straight off me And still they don't want to say thanks Ali Come on you kidding right? Y'all gotta be playing a prank on me I swear they so gassed up but they tank on E Young and may say E And I ain't ate all week So haters gonna get smacked down I'm the great Kali Boom Underrated and now the most hated Just in the minds of those that have goals But they never get up to go make it happen So when they happen to see me do it They actually feeling stupid Cause dude I've been self-motivated But yo it's all good still I'm feeling better than I should feel They life is like a cycle They taking my style and recycle it like goodwill They love biting, hope it's a good meal For real Nobody's safe anymore kind of feel like the entire USA is at war but it's domestic they measure your skin color to find the length of your sentence you can guess who gets away from the law that's how they play in the courts I just imagine the streets frequently praying to God that it don't happen to me don't say I'm taking it far Lil Tamir was trying to play at the park slain on the floor taken away from his mom Freddie Gray and Laquan don't ever think we forgot from LA to New York or from the Bayway to North Carolina we trying to evade the hate and assault I feel the pain in the hearts of those with unchangeable scars it's food for thought I had to cater to y'all if we breaking apart we just waiting to fall but as a nation we strong too many names in the office that's still afraid of the dark screaming make america great again dog yeah let's go back to the time when it was greatest of all when there wasn't no racism because race isn't what we base people on when segregation was wrong like slaves traded and bought when we respected the reservations the natives live on but that ain't happened so i don't know what i'm saying to y'all or how y'all thinking it was greater before nah let's make the world greater for all maybe it can't be as plain as i thought or maybe it started with changing your thoughts you part of the problem if you pretend that you don't see it. America don't need love. The whole globe need it. They thinking I'm so cliche for spreading love each day. They spread hate, but ain't really got no reason. It's no season. Heart's cold is 50 below freezing. Ain't no need to go fix it long as my phone ringing. I don't got to think about hope unless my bank account froze. I got change. I ain't thinking about mo. With that mentality, your mind can't grow. Your eyes stay closed, stay woke. No, don't vibrate low. How many people's lives cannot change though? And if they don't know, well, now they know. This is the Friday flow. And it's the-